This is the Scott Bradley Show podcast. Let me get to the panel. Dun, 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 indeed, yes. Uh, this is a uh, this is a favorite of mine. We've had these two guys in together a few times, and um, and I always look to bring them back because um, it is always entertaining, and the two hours always flies by when I have them here. Uh, first of all, a regular, more than a regular, a, an, an uber regular, uh, a, a, almost a. I mean, you'd almost think that Mike Fortune has a cot underneath the bed, and he <laughs> does a Costanza and just naps under the desk. He's yeah. here this often, but we love having Mike Fortune from Cable 14. Mike, thanks for doing this. Great to be here. I've missed you this summer. I've been vacationing, as I know you have as well, but uh, good to be back in the saddle, my friend. And next to him, a guy who has his own eccentric, and I say that in the most loving of ways um the most endearing of ways so sweet his his own tv show eccentric tv show on cable 14 he is also the front man for the aptly named cadillac bill and the creeping bent orchestra oh i can guess the answer i know who you're talking about (laughs) is it cadillac bill by any chance it it was and i was going to say and the guy who was not the answer to tonight's (laughs) quiz question he was not the acapella band who played gray cup in 1996 but the gray cup will come back to Hamilton someday, and I am beginning I my lobbying efforts for Cadillac Bill and the I Creeping Bent to be the halftime show. I will sing Ac- Acapulco, absolutely. <laughs> I love Acapulco music. I love the Acapulco sound. Uh, yeah, no, I just want to say that uh, we are indeed the sharpest of the sharp, and I am as sharp as a marble tonight. Well, that's, so that's, yeah. that's a good start to be. Yeah. Would you ever... You. Would you ever... I don't know would that... I, I don't know that they would... I don't know that they would... You seem to be a little more of a niche yes, musical I'm very style. Much a niche. I'm I'm in the niche of being unable to sing niche, <laughs> the bad <laughs> singing niche, uh, which is a very popular niche. There's a big demand for that. But you know they do have at Tim Hortons Field. They have like a concourse or what do you call it, like a courtyard area yep. outside, oh. right in front of the stadium, and they often have bands and stuff playing. Would they you ever do. do that if they came and said, oh. "Hey, bring your band and let's play outside a Ticat game"? Would you hey, do that? If they give us money, talks right? If Bill? they give us fifty dollars to divide <laughs> between the band, we will do it. And if they give us some beer, we will do. <laughs> <laughs> for even more so, yes. Uh, I hope the Ticats are listening, and uh, they they really yeah. fifty bucks. 50 you bu- too could hire Cadillac <laughs> Bill and the Creeping Bend. Fifty bucks plus a case yeah, of beer and, and a least bag of chips. Yeah, the way they're, bl- the way they're playing this year, you guys would be the star yeah. of the the whole night. Yeah, People would just well, go for yeah. your concert. <laughs> that, that, that would be true. <laughs> yeah. um, I got to ask you guys this because uh, one of the things, interestingly enough, I hadn't thought of this till I was just about to say it, but you are named after an automobile. I'm driving yeah. home from my other job in the daytime, so I can still see the people in the other cars. And I don't know why. I, with my jobs here at the Spectator, people call and they or write, and they may disagree with opinions. They may call you names. They may be nasty sometimes. That's all good. That's fine. I got thick skin, but I'm driving home and I'm not a perfect driver, but in this case I was driving perfectly and the person beside me was driving like a moron. And for reasons that I still don't understand, I was delivered the finger for something that I didn't even know. But here's my question, because this bothers me more than when I, I get insulted. I was wondering who that was I showed the <laughs> yeah, that's right. to earlier. <laughs> this bothers What's the appropriate, because my response, I'll tell you afterwards what my response was, but what is the appropriate response to someone flipping you the bird when you're driving your car or 
showing you, not road rage as far as like pulling a gun or something like that, but yeah. just like an act yeah. of yelling at your what figure. What's the appropriate I response? Don't know. I, that's a good question. I mean, what do you do? do you what show, do you do? Show them the finger back. Is that what you do? Maybe no one's ever given you the finger in a oh, car. Oh, yeah, they certainly have. Well, I got to say, I actually think that it is our duty to beep at somebody who's being a jerk or being slow holding traffic up. I think it's a duty of a driver to let them know they're being a jerk. So when you say if they're holding traffic up, are you that guy when the light turns green, if they have not begun to move (laughs) within an eighth of a second, you're on the horn? horn. I'm like pushing their car forward. (laughs) I've got two and a half ton Fleetwood, and I can push their little car right into the intersection. Mike, what is the nah, appropriate response? I, you know, as as you get older, I think your attitudes towards these things change. Um, nowadays, if someone wants to flip me the bird or wants to get on my case, I simply ignore them. And and the part of the one of the few reasons why I do that: a, we're recognizable in the city. Like, yeah. you know, let's face it, people know who we are. Um, and B, just by speaking with the Hamilton Police Services on a very regular basis and speaking with Chief Gert and before Chief Glenda Care, you know, there's just that you don't want to antagonize people. And if you can keep They're it already it, antagonized. But no, but you don't want to get them going even more. Because See, I, Mike, here's I, the, I right. would not... I, I, I'm to the point now, I don't care anymore. You want to give me the finger? Fine. I got probably got two kids in my car. I don't want to set Mike a bad example the for them. Mike is of reason here. He's a reasonable guy. He's a family man. Exactly. So See, don't, I will accept, don't listen to Mike. Uh, I will accept he, the he's, finger. He's too reasonable. I will accept the finger if I know that I have done something unintentionally or whatever to inspire said finger. If I've, if I've yeah. accidentally yeah. cut someone off because I didn't see them in a blind spot or whatever, you know what? You want to flip me the bird? Okay, I deserve it. And, I, and even if that's right. happened, don't you then put up your hand and kind I of do. say, you know, I say, I'm sorry, yeah, my bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you, hope let them know. That they, you hope that they deal with it. But you know, and, if, they want, that, if they get angry and they want to drive by and give me the bird or scream, you yeah. know what? I deserved it. I made a stupid driving maneuver. But this case, I was in my lane. I don't even know what I did. I honestly don't know what, there was nothing along the way that, and this guy drives up, rolls down his window and flips the bird and starts screaming at me. And I'm like, all right, you know what? This actually bothers me. This, because now I don't even know what in the world it was. And you're just being an idiot. The answer is, there's nothing you can do. Maybe you you weren't going fast enough for me. That would be a first. You can't do anything. (laughs) I mean, what can you do? Just... You know. Well, see, I think I got him more upset, which is why I was glad that I peeled off to the highway and he kept going because I did the old backhand flip of the hand, like you know, yeah, like you, I'm, you're not you're not worth my time, yeah. kind of thing. I don't even make eye contact anymore. I couldn't care less. Yeah. No, I couldn't care less. That, that's the correct answer. Thank you. It is the correct answer. Thank you, Bill. Yeah. I, I, I've yeah. really <laughs> even though you're you're just too reasonable and too wise for this crazy panel. <laughs> I gotta say, yeah. I bring the whole panel down. I must say that in my life, in my entire life, I have only ever once, and it was a long time ago, only ever once got so angry in my car, and I'm not proud of this, that I actually delivered a bird to someone. And I was driving, I used to work in Brantford, and I was driving on Highway 2, which is not a driver friendly road at the best of times. And there was a transport truck that was so close to my back bumper that all I could see was the grill. Mm. For. A long time. I sped up. He sped up. I slowed down. Obviously, thankfully, he slowed down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, we got to the divide in the road, and I had just had it because I'm white knuckling. If I break suddenly, I'm going to be flat as a pancake. And finally, I pull off, and I was so mad. And I've never done this before. I've never done it since. 
I flipped him the bird, <laughs> and then I look up, and it was one of the guys who was in my wedding party who drives oh, trucks on. having a gag at me, <laughs> and he rode me on that one now forever. Oh, well, you, I'm sure you do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. I got to say, I flipped a police officer the bird <laughs> oh, one time. I was, Purpose? Uh, well, I was on the highway... And there was this car right behind me, completely tailgating me. I was in the fast lane, and this guy's flashing his lights at me, and I can't see the fact that he's got lights on top of his <laughs> the hood because he was right, right yeah. on my, right on me. And uh, so I showed him the finger, and then I see these little flicker of colorful lights <laughs> on his bonnet, <laughs> on his hood, and I'm thinking, what kind of a crazy guy has this? W- as this jacked up car that he's got flashing <laughs> lights reflected on his hood. That's when I realized it's a cop. And you had already given the bird. Yeah, I'd already mm. done that. Did he pull so you he, over? So he pulls me over and <laughs> he, he comes over to the car and he says, Sir, first of all, I don't appreciate you uh, showing me the finger. I happen to be in a, a, a racing down to the other end of town. There's a drug bust going on there and you're, you're holding, you're interfering with this drug run I'm doing. So I, of course, apologized to him. and He, he couldn't have been in that much of a rush if he stopped. Well, no, exactly. <laughs> That's what I figured after he left. Yeah. He's making up some story about How urgent could this be them. if you're going to stop just to chew oh, someone man. out for doing it? But he was tailgating me so because I couldn't see that he was a cop. Yeah, it's I, oh. I say, I get, you know, in this business, you get, people who are critical of you sometimes. And that sure. never bothers me. You can say whatever you want. My skin is thick as a rhino's hide. It doesn't bother me whatsoever. You're entitled to your opinion. But for some reason, in a car, when you feel like you're anonymous and you decide you're going to act like a jerk, that's when, that's when, and then I get angry. And I'm not, I'm not a person who flares up. I don't have a wild sense of but anger, this gets me going. You can't feel anonymous anymore because of the the backup cameras, the the cameras hanging from uh, rear view mirrors. Like literally, people are recording you twenty four oh, yeah. seven oh, now. I so the... you, I see what you're saying. You think you're anonymous, but I always keep that in my mind. You don't know who's recording. Oh no, you no, at no. Any given I time. I agree with you. No, I, I I find it always very funny in cars that we seem to think that we're yeah. anonymous. Oh, yeah. And you know, the perfect example of our belief that we're in complete anonymity and living in our own world is how many times you pull up to a stoplight. And the person in the car next to you is up to their first knuckle up their nose, picking, and thinking me, yes, no one can, uh, no one can see me, no one can see me, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, they can, and you forget, you know, just because I'm in a car, I'm not actually in some sort of different time space <laughs> you, continuum. You got to get the black tinted windows for that, Scott. Yeah. Uh, by the way, <laughs> that's I've why all the bad guys have tinted windows <laughs> yeah. so they can pick their noses. I've got a Cadillac Bill Show bumper sticker on my Cadillac, so I have to really behave myself. <laughs> Yeah, no, no pick and nose when why you're in you the Cadillac the, why Billmobile. Why aren't you handing those out to Scott and I? I, sh- I should. You guys want one? I've got a, I'll I don't think it one. would. I don't think it would work to put the Cadillac <laughs> Bill sticker on a minivan for Mike or on <laughs> yeah. on Mike. It's sort of is bringing down the whole Cadillac it idea. Doesn't have to be a Cadillac. It's whoever's been on my show gets a yeah. bumper sticker. My car is the Cadillac of Toyotas. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, nice. That's nice. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. Okay, let me uh, refocus. Yeah, refocus. refocus. Collect yourself there, Scott. <laughs> uh, tell me, you guys heard the story yesterday, I'm sure. If you didn't, I'll tell you now. Uh, you know that 10 years ago, roughly, we talked about this with Jamie West on the show last night, there was a long protest uh, at 
Caledonia on Argyle yeah. Street with mm-hmm. the indigenous protest and all that stuff. And it seems to have started again. And there is stuff pulled across the road again near the Douglas Creek Estates, and there are demands, and there are, from what I understand, so far anyway, OPP officers again standing around not arresting anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you guys think, because the it depends on which side of this, I suppose, argument you're on, but there are those, and there are many of those saying, you know what? Enough. This is not a fight with the citizens of Caledonia. The citizens of Caledonia have no skin in this game, except for the fact that they continue to be the victims. It is time that if someone wants to pull a hydro tower across the street and block a public road, it is time for the OPP to step in and start making some arrests to show that they are not going to allow anarchy, whatever, to to run rampant. There are others who say, "Mm, but you step in and now you accelerate and exacerbate the situation and you ignite it further and make it into a bigger thing and more people may come and protest. Mike, I'll go to you first on this one. I mean, what what do you think on this one? Are you you with the, let's arrest, let's have some arrests here? Or are you with, no, let's see how this thing goes and ride it out? I'll go with the the first part of that, Scott. It's getting a little tiring. It it truly is. You know, I completely respect the... uh, uh, the culture and the uh, and, and and what the founding fathers of this country did and all that, but I bet you dollars to donuts that if the three of us decided we wanted to make a protest mm-hmm. and we dragged down oh, a, yeah. a pole right here in front of AM 900 CHML, uh, we'd be arrested, we'd be all over the newspaper, and we'd be charged to death. I th- it's it's getting to the point now where they. The OPP does have to definitely do something, and I think the citizens of Caledonia and surrounding area really need to kind of stick up for themselves as well and say, "Look, enough is enough." You like, know, what do they do? You don't. We don't want. Well, we, we don't, don't want, want mobs with pitchforks and torches. No, and we don't want fights over this with no. the citizens there, getting involved. Are this there is other where the police. You can do? You, well, you, this is where the police, I think, should be preventing, not requiring the citizens to be having to figure but out. You what know they what's going to happen as soon as you arrest one, and all heck is going to break loose. And I, I think that's what OPP is very afraid of. But you know what? You're right. They, I think they should put their foot down at this point. What do you think, Bill? I think it's bringing the National Guard, tell them to sit down and shut up. That's, th- I mean, the last... Although I do like the idea of you and me grabbing a pole and dragging <laughs> it across Main Street. I, I think Mike and I might uh, find a pole and <laughs> we'll, do that. We'll take all the, uh, all the attention off of what's yeah. going on yeah. out there. No, we'll it's, my issue, and I brought this up last night, the, the problem I have with this is that nobody from Caledonia, to the best of my knowledge, has ever, or no one alive in Caledonia, none of their parents, none of their grandparents, signed any of the treaties that are at the root of the, uh, the anger and the upset. And to make the citizens of Caledonia again the victims of this is entirely unfair. If you've got a beef with the government, go protest on the property of the government, on Queen's Park or in front of a government office or somewhere yeah, else. Go to Ottawa. Go to Ottawa. Do, take, take your fight to the people you're having the fight with rather than having yeah, you're right. collateral damage, basically. Don't do it in the community. Go to the politicians. And if you want to go now, if you want to go and and have a big protest in front of Queens Park, if you want to go and protest in front of government offices, and you want to you want to block the front door. Now, I don't know if the police would allow that to happen. See, that would be really interesting. If you right. decided I'm going to block five government offices in the Caledonia area, I don't know if they have like drivers' license bureaus and all that. No one's getting in. Mm. Be interesting to see what would happen in that case if business was actually being affected. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't ever see them doing that because they feel 
they're so comfortable on their land. They're so comfortable in their surroundings that they would never do that. I, I, I think it's a great idea if you really... But you they know, should be. See, this is the thing. I know. The, the indigenous people should be comfortable on their land. My issue here, though, is this is this is taking it to the people who have no... No skin in the game. They, they don't yeah. have... There's no reason. The people of Caledonia are not the problem here. They are not the ones who have brought this treaty and agreement and all these other problems. This is not them. This is the various levels of government from now back to whenever. I wonder if at some point on the indigenous side, if that's the leader, the chief, and I, again, I apologize if I'm not getting the right terminology out there. If down the road, if one chief finally says, you know what, to the, to his people, enough is enough. But that, are, that would be something that could really change things. But here's the challenge with that as well, is there are more than one leader because they're the band council and there's oh, the traditional yeah. band council and the two are not necessarily the same thing and some people in the community are s- side with the traditional and some side with the elected and it's I mean it it's not a simple case of saying okay let's have the person who represents all indigenous people is there someone i mean there's political groups there's the what well, was that they call six nations because there's six Groups, but it's right? even more than that. It's mm-hmm. splintered into more than that. And so who do you end up dealing with and how do you satisfy everyone? And I I don't believe you can. And as I said last night, I'm not standing here saying that indigenous people have no beef. I'm not saying that at all. This is, But this is something that goes way higher than blocking a road in Caledonia as far as what, what, what is supposed to happen as a result of this. Because here's the other problem. I think that they must realize that the people blocking it, I'm talking, when I say they, I mean the mm-hmm. people who are the protesters, if the government capitulates and because they've blocked this road, the government says, okay, we'll give you what you want. You will have 500 of these across the country Absolutely. everywhere. Exactly. You yeah. can't. So by doing this, you are essentially preventing the government from doing anything for you. You've put them in a position, you've backed them into a corner where they can't right now do anything or else this will pop up all over the place because they'll go, wait, it worked. It worked. Let's do more. Yeah. That can't. Oh, so this is tough. This is getting pretty heavy now, Scott. I, I look. If I lived in Caledonia, <laughs> this is I would funny anymore. No, but if the I lived in Caledonia, I would be seriously miffed. I'd be honestly, I would be seriously miffed if I lived in Caledonia. And it scares people from moving out to Caledonia too, because that you don't know at any day, week, month that a road could be blocked because you just don't know what's upset them. To Bill's point, though. What would happen? Honestly, what do you think? Would we have another Aquasosny if we were to have the National Guard, if we had the army, the military brought in, or we had police make arrests? What would happen? What do you think? Do you think there would be a massive explosion of violence or whatever else? Or do you think, you know, that no, they just, there would be some arrests and some unhappy people and maybe a little more protest, but that's it. What do you think? I would hope that by bringing in a full... I don't want to say army, but a, a you know, you bring you bring in all the the big boys... I would hope that some common sense would prevail on on both sides and there would be just a, a meeting of the minds and, okay, let's move on and then let's discuss this like normal human beings. Is the fact that the Prime Minister has talked, he's apparently in the next few days he's going to be issuing another apology in Newfoundland and Labrador for the residential schools and we're in the, um, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the, the re, um, Oh, where they're going to try and make up to the the native people. The fact that we're into that, does that get in the way of any kind of action happening? Because if oh, you were yeah. to bring in the oh, national they're guard, they're not going to bring in the national. They're not going to do anything. Not with uh, Trudeau as a prime minister. No, but no. in general, if we're if we're trying to make peace, 
I would think this is the problem. This is the other point you've got that's getting in the way. If you're trying to make peace and you bring in the National Guard or bring in the Army or even have a whole lot of arrests, it's antagonizing. But if you don't do it, you're antagonizing other people. It's, it's, it's a no-win situation, and it's a slippery slope on either side, really. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which, well, that's, you know what I would do, but I'm not prime minister, so this country would be a mess if I was prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I, I, I find the a... unfortunate part about this is that I find this, as I say, to be truly unfair to the people in Caledonia. Agreed. And I agree. Even yes. if you side with the, na- with the indigenous people and you believe they have a point with what they're upset about, I really believe the way they're carrying this thing out is entirely unfair to their neighbors who have who, who are not the ones behind this. It, and it does show some disrespect. Aren't you supposed to, you know, look after your neighbor and be kind to them as well, too, by doing this? And you're hurting business in Caledonia. You know, why do they keep... Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a way to get around this, you know, stop going out to the reserve and buying all their cigarettes. Stop going out there and purchasing all their booze. You know, maybe you go off... Maybe you somehow, as, as a community, you stop dealing with them. I don't oh boy, know. Boy, well, that's me. I, I go up there and well, buy cigarettes sometimes. Uh, and, you know, hey, I, I know. Why don't we get Donald Trump to deal with this? <laughs> Let's get oh Donald boy. Trump in to uh, take care of this <laughs> nasty little mess we have in Be interesting to hear what he would actually say to uh, when pu- when pressed with this issue, if he was presented with this he issue. He would probably have the B-52 bombers fly overhead. Just nice and low? Just, yeah, just to scare just them. Scare them. And maybe bring an aircraft carrier into down into the Lake Ontario. And that would, I think, solve the problem. He would just problem. take his speech that he did a few days ago regarding yeah. uh, the, the North Rain Koreans, of terror. Rain and terror and fury. Or as they said in the newspaper in Maine, they had a. We talked about it last night. They had a little typo on the front page, and it was we're going to bring fire and furry. Yes, <laughs> little <Yeah>. typo. <laughs> but yeah, bombard them with kittens. It's again because it's the slippery slope. You don't want to upset too many people, and you have to respect uh, certain traditions, so on and so forth. But it would be nice to see if someone came down with a bit of a heavier hand and uh, got this straightened out, so the citizens of Caledonia didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. <sighs> Once I've again, you have the voice of reason. No, no, I'm not. I'm, no, no, you no, are. I don't this, know. I, I'd love to I know what, what would. I'd love to know is. what happened if they had a heavier hand. I don't. I don't anticipate anyone is going to. I. I, yeah, I, I honestly, despite the fact that it's been ten years, and you would like to think lessons have been learned and people have studied what happened back there in, in 2006. I don't believe the OPP are going to do anything different than they did last time. They are going to stand and watch and make sure nothing bad further happens that the local people who get angrier and angrier because of what's going on are not going to get involved in fights or whatever else. It's, it's, it's going to be, if this thing persists, and we don't know, I said last night, this thing could wrap up, that could fritter out by the weekend, we don't know. But if this thing persists, it's going to be exactly the same pretty stubborn. as last time. It's going to be exactly the same as last time. And then, does anyone think it won't happen again? I can't remember. Or again, or again. Why, why, why would it not? Why would, un, if, if the history never changes, if the response never changes, why not keep doing it? That's, well, that's, that's like that Seinfeld episode. If everything you've done to this point hasn't worked, wouldn't the opposite hold true? Yeah. You get tuna on rye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? White. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Scott Radley show weeknights from seven to nine on AM 900 CHML announced yesterday that 
Shania Twain will do the Grey Cup halftime show this year. Shania Twain, maybe your cup of tea, may not be your cup of tea, but there is no getting around the fact that she is a Canadian legend. She's well known. She's a hit maker. My thought on this one was, again, I, I don't, I don't dislike Shania Twain. I'm not a country fan per se, but Shania Twain's fine. There's, I, I don't think anyone's going to be too upset. But should the Grey Cup halftime show only be the exclusive domain of Canadian acts? Because I believe it should. I believe this is such a big platform, the, probably the biggest platform for an artist in this country every year. Mm-hmm. There is no way they should ever look outside the borders of this country for that particular game. Bill, what do you think? You're, you're a singer. I am a singer, and I think they should have got Ginger St. James to have done it instead of <laughs> Shania Twain. But it is, a, it, is, it is a huge platform, and it seems wrong the times that they've gone and looked for, for not foreign, I mean American or European bands. It seems like a wasted opportunity. Actually, Biff Naked would have been good, too. Uh, I think the reason they have attempted from time to time to go out is to try to draw that bigger audience. There's no doubt about that, because they want ratings, they want numbers, they want advertisers. But I do agree with both of you, gentlemen and the fact that it should strictly be Canadian. I think, you know, Shania Twain, she's been pretty quiet for about a decade or so. But she's got a new album coming new out. New album coming out and uh, I'm a huge country fan, so I'm looking forward to this and I think uh, I think she's going to be something else. She's really going to I think put on a heck of a show. Have you I we went to a couple of her concerts and it was spectacular formerly at Cops Coliseum, now First Ontario. And I'm telling you, she put on a show like no other. It was unbelievable. I hope she does more because she did the halftime show, I think it was 2002 was the year she did it. And she only did two songs then and mm-hmm. neither one were particularly known to me at that time. So I hope, you know, she's got a little bit of a bigger repertoire now. Well, 15 years probably about the last time she had an album out. But nonetheless, I again, I look at this thing and I think we have... Mike, you've made the point. They're trying to get ratings. And while the CFL has to get ratings, it's we talk, Rick Zamper and I talked about this last night on the show. They do need ratings. This is also a cultural thing. This The, the Grey Cup game is a cultural thing. Not the same way it used to be no. in the 60s or 50s or 70s. I understand that. But it's still a cultural thing. And I, I'm not trying to be xenophobic or whatever, but it should be Canadian. It should be a celebration of Canada. Yeah. And in all seriousness... Teenage Head would have been way better. Teenage Head has just signed a deal with Warner Brothers. They're all in their 60s, and this is their first big record deal. Just to change the subject yeah, yeah. a bit. But I was just talking to Gordy Lewis about yep. it, and it is a big deal. I mean, they're all in, in their 60s, and, they, and he was telling me this is their first major record deal. And well, I respect where you're coming from. Which I think from. is totally amazing. The 60-year-old punk band can be signed to Warner Brothers. Yeah, it is. You know, that's but, cool. But again, I think if you're the CFL, you don't want to have 60-year-old men jumping around on a stage because you want that younger audience. Well, perhaps. But Shania but I see Twain is not that younger audience. No, but... She has a visual appeal. And she has an, you talked about, Mike, you want to get people from the States maybe to watch. Carly it has international crossover. Is Canadian, isn't yep. she? She yep. would have been, Justin she's Bieber. a younger one, not mm-hmm. Shania Twain. See, people threw out some other names of who they thought it might be. The, the, again, uh, uh, Carly Rae Jepsen or Justin Bieber did yeah. it back in, when it was in Toronto a few, a few years, years ago. ago. But you've got Drake, you've got uh, Sean Mendez, it could have been. I mean, yeah. there's younger people who... What I would really love to see someday, I don't know when, but someday it's going to be in Hamilton again, the Grey Cup. 
Mm-hmm. It could be five years. It could be 10 years. Who knows? Whenever the stadium gets out of litigation. Sure. Yeah, whenever the stadium gets finished and, uh, and everything <laughs> is good. Rubbish. A rubbish stadium yeah. that no. doesn't even have a wall around but it. <laughs> Come on. Build a wall around well, it. Oh, please. Yeah. I think that wasn't that Donald Trump's platform. <laughs> Build the stadium oh, yeah, around Tim Hortons right. Field. <laughs> yeah. But Pink Floyd should pay for the wall. Yeah. But whenever it gets done, whenever we have the Grey Cup here, I really do hope. That, and I don't know who it is who makes all the choice. I think it's the CFL, not the host team. But I would hope. I would wish that, frankly, in Canada, depending on where the Grey Cup is, we have enough great acts in this country that oh, it should yeah. be something Absolutely. related to that city that's hosting. I would hope that when it's in Hamilton someday, uh, uh, that it might head. be Teenage Head. Oh, my and band. Your my band, band would be dynamite. You put in a combination, Teenage Head, and you have Monster Truck play, and you have Arkells playing. Cadillac Bill and the Creeping and you have Cadillac band, Bill. The and that's what you're starting to see with the Super Bowl. You're starting to see it's not just dedicated to one artist now. They might start off and be the headliner, but the artists him, themselves are also getting smart, saying, hey, if I, if I also want ratings... I'm going to bring in Bruno Mars, and I'm going to bring in someone else, and we are going to put a medley. We're going to put a mash together, more or less, of, of the three of us, and, and that really gets things going. So, yes, it's great to have that superstar individual, but I think the way that's turning, again, you follow the state's lead. This is how they do it. If you can bring in a couple big names, have some fun back and forth. But who's 15, from Ottawa? Minutes. Who, are there any, there's got to be some big stars in this country, musical stars from Ottawa. I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean, I know there are. There, there, of course there are. And Tom Green. Tom Green. <laughs> He's a rapper. I, I, I just, I, it's a great start. It's a great start that they are staying with Canadian acts yeah. And big name Canadian acts that people can get into. As I say, I'd love to see this become even more of a something to do with the city. Let's make it so that it's not just Canadian, but it reflects the city. And again, we've got a million, well, not a million, we've got a number, a many great musicians within this city that you could do a really cool mm. Hamilton halftime show that reflects Canada and reflects the city. I'd love to see I, that. I'd love to see that happen. I'm, I'm just yeah. going through Canadian singers here, and you know what? You, I think you forget. Like, it's truly phenomenal. There's a huge list. Neil Young, Gordon Lightfoot, Alanis Morissette, yeah. Joni Mitchell. Alanis Morissette's from Ottawa. Yeah, there, there you, go. you go. Katie Lang, Gordon Downey, you know, like the Burton Cummings. Like the now, list Burton just Cummings goes. has done the, super, uh, done the Grey Cup before, and the Tragically Hip have done the Grey Cup before. I don't think Alanis Morissette has. But, you know, I mean, I, we were thinking about this earlier today. Who hasn't done the Grey Cup halftime show among Canadian bands. And I mean, everyone who listens to this show regularly knows that I have a personal affinity for Rush. They've never done the halftime show, mm-hmm. which they should have. They're not, I don't think they're playing anymore because no. of uh, Neil Peart's. But yeah. um, Neil Young, I don't think, has done it. The Guess Who did back in Winnipeg. But it, look, there's, a, there's so many possibilities. There's no reason this should ever be going back to some international band. I don't care, Mike. I, I know what you're saying. But I don't care th- about trying to get ratings of 13-year-olds in Arkansas on ESPN 9 or whatever channel it's going to be designated to. Oh. L- let's make it Canada. This is yeah. When you turn on your TV, basically maple syrup drips out of the speakers when you turn on your TV to watch the Great well, Cup. You may want to get your TV fixed. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't referring to, to uh, viewership in the States. I, I should have made myself more clear. I was referring to viewership in Canada because you don't see young... I remember when I was a kid... I knew everyone that played on the Tiger Cats when I was 10, 12 years old. My son, he doesn't even know what a Tiger Cat is. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and, and I think the other thing about this, we got to go to break. I think the other thing is we are trying, it seems, and we have been for a long time, to imitate the Super Bowl halftime show 
And I would love to see us break away from that model just a little, that we, do we need to have one superstar? Or could we have two or three, as we say, with the Hamilton mm-hmm. idea? Can you have two or three people and then get a jam going up there? What, what would be cooler? <laughs> no, but what would be cooler Free than watching all. Arkells be singing a, trag- uh, a, a teenage head uh, song when they're yeah, up on stage not? in Hamilton or something? That would be cool. Scott, I, I, I'm just trying to think of an a cappella band. I can't think of any a cappella band. I'll give you a hint at the break. I know you got to go, but quickly, if it is the CFL head office putting this thing on, I don't know if they have any help, but they should probably get promoters involved that actually know how to put a show together and on how to get groups to gel. Excellent thought. You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. I have nothing to say anymore. You're just fatigued. Yeah. You're worn out. That That is the voice of uh, Cadillac Bill, the name behind one of the most interesting slash hilarious shows uh, you can see anywhere. It's on Cable 14. When would we find it? I mean, various times. Well, it's on all. They just throw it nights. on there they all the time. Th- they show it late at night because they don't want to upset the children. <laughs> they don't want to uh, <laughs> send all the children off to uh, end up in um, tr- truancy uh, problems from watching the Cadillac Bill show at a young age. They could. They could. They could actually end up with truancy because it yeah. leads to you know the demise of morality and civilization. It happened to it. me. <laughs> That's why I'm here right now, Scott. Uh, I've also, lost my mind. Also, the lead singer and the front man for Cadillac Bill and the Creeping Bent Orchestra, who, or which, we, which is, I guess, grammatically correct, which will be playing next Friday? Yeah, week today, literally, at the Dundas Cactus Festival. Everybody, the first thing they think of Dundas is cactuses, of, of yeah. course. <laughs> so there's a festival in Dundas, and we... We'll be there Friday at 6 o'clock, 6 p.m. Friday. Beautiful. Check out Cadillac Bill and the crew. How long you on for? Half hour, 45 minutes set? One hour. One hour. One hour set. One hour, and we will play a little bit of everything. If you want to hear a band play Smoke on the Water, check it out. All right. You Mike, guys play smoke on the how water? many times have you heard a band lately playing smoke on the uh, water? It's been a while. Yeah, well, if at all. we will play smoke right. on the water. We will be playing some songs that you will... I've got your your CD you, in you, my hand. Uh, will you be playing A Little Too Fat? Uh, no, we won't play that one. <laughs> but we will play Leather Pants. Leather Pants. <laughs> leather Pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, you got to be around to hear Leather Pants. It's um, And yes, you're absolutely correct. There's nothing that screams Dundas to folks who would be visiting <laughs> like Cactus. They show up and it's like, what? Yeah, they say Cactus. No, I believe it was the Cactus Festival, if I understand right, because it was started by the folks at the Thirsty Cactus. Believe That's so. how I, I think was the... But again, if you were to just look on somewhere and say, hey, what is there to do around Southern Ontario this Friday night? And they say Dundas Cactus Festival. That would be very confusing. Okay. Dundas used to be known for cactuses. Apparently, it had the biggest greenhouse in Canada. Why? And it had cactuses in there. Now, now check this on your little device there, Mike. But I'm going. This is what I heard, that Dundas had the most cactuses in Canada because of that greenhouse. I... I I, I don't so, want to be that guy, but just when you're, when you're on the stage next week and you're talking, I think it's cacti. Is <laughs> it? You are being that guy. I hate to be that grammar Actually, guy. Actually, you know what? I want to officially... Like uh, okay, so you're not far from there. The name Dundas Cactus Festival is inspired by the activities of Ben Verdhus 
a Dutch immigrant who ran a large greenhouse specializing in cacti, who so was the reason right. Dundas became known as the cactus capital of the universe. Not the world. The universe. the universe. Right here. In writing, it's if it's on the web, it's got to be true. Is that? Yeah, well, I, I would never the expect universe. it maybe like well, somewhere down in Arizona. Well, have they really checked all the other planets? <laughs> I mean, come on. The universe. I'm not, I'm not making that stuff it up, man. It says the universe, but... We may want to double check the that. universe. <laughs> the, the universe is is a big place. Like yes. Next time we send a rocket uh, somewhere, we'll stop in at all the different way stations uh, and ask how they're doing with their cacti. Find out if there's a bigger one than there was in Dundas. Uh, the other voice, by the way, that you heard beside <laughs> Cadillac Bill, Mike Fortune, oh, who boy. is um, a regular here on the program and uh, and also on Cable 14, does a number of shows, including City Matters. City Matters, we got a new showcase coming up in October. If you want to pitch a show, uh, get involved with uh, Cable 14, uh, you name it. If it's something they want me to cover, and I got a couple new ones coming up too in September, October, they asked me to host. I am there for them. I am especially looking forward to you hosting your own yoga show. Your Mike's Hot Yoga. There's a yoga show on Cable 14. I know there is. There's and the, and I've, I'm a little upset that I haven't asked to participate in that. I would bet that if you went back through the history of Cable 14, there has been probably <laughs> almost every kind of show at one time or another that oh, yeah. has been shown there. It's quite possible. I actually, when I was a summer student at The Spectator in the summer of 1989, there was a posting for a host for a Cable 14 show. And Mike, sadly, unlike you and Bill... I had no discernible skills at that time, and I walked in, <laughs> and they showed me a 30-second... Well, that's second one of the requirements to yes. be a host. Yeah. Uh, they showed me a 30-second video of kids skipping rope and told me, we need you to talk for... Uh, watch this, and then talk for three minutes afterwards about it. And I... The, the, it was about National Fitness Day. Mm-hmm. And so I watched a 30-second video, I let it play, and then I came on, and I had nothing. I had yeah. nothing. And so what I ended up saying was, and it's National Fitness Day and these kids were skipping, but you don't have to be skipping. You could run or swim. You can just or giggle play the basketball. entire time. Uh, and I filled as much of three minutes as I could just naming every sport I could possibly think of to cover it. And I got the, thank you for coming in and never heard back. And, and I have not surprising. I have to say, in all fairness, I actually auditioned before... Um, before I actually got brought on, I and I failed miserably. I had to go back. I went back about three years later. Really? And my buddy Chris May, who now works for the Weather Network, yes. he said, he said, Forch, he goes, we need you there. He goes, I will coach you through it. And sure enough, he coached me through. And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. My father actually had a show on Cable 14, too, many years ago called uh, Doctors of Money. Now, I must, uh, by the way, interject here just before yeah. we carry on, because... I said I didn't want to be that guy, and yet I became that guy, and I corrected you on your grammar with cacti. Yes, that was Here terribly embarrassing for well, me to go and here's the thing. wrong. Um, you didn't get it wrong, I am told. Will has just sent me the grammar from the grammar, uh, grammar website. Cactuses is also an accepted oh, thank you very much. usage, thank you. and so oh, I am. I did study English. You know. <laughs> I, 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 am I speak off. English. That is a producer from extraordinary of back there. I'm I, telling you, he's I on the never ball. heard cactuses before, like fungi. It's not funguses, or maybe it is funguses. Maybe now. it is now. I Look, don't know anything. It's open game. It's open season. I want to officially try to change the English language <laughs> so that from now on, every pluralized word has an s on the end. No more. Several deer, several beer. Just put an S on the end. Beers. D- beers yeah, just beers. put an S on. I mean, I mean, English is hard enough for people to learn. 
Why do we have to make it more complicated? Just slap an S at the end of every word and so it'll be easy. It's actually funny you say that because my daughter, she's nine years old, has gotten into that habit. And so my daughter and I will have conversations where every word, every word has an S at the end of it. Yeah. How's you doings tonight, uh, Presley's? Well, well here's my here's my grammar. It's kind of cute. Okay. Here's my grammar <laughs> question for you: If the plural of mouse is mice, why isn't the plural of house heis? Correct. Uh, and here's something else: There is a bird called the yellow tufted titmouse. It's a bird, very rare, and it's in Hamilton. Say it again. No, Ye- please don't. <laughs> yellow tufted titmouse. Okay. Anyway, how do you pluralize a bird called the yellow tufted titmouse? Do you create an acronym? Google it and let's find out. Because I'm serious, there is a bird called that. So why not just say mices? What's wrong with mices? Or eh? mouses? Or yes, it's a, it's it's a very confusing. Mouses. I mean, that's a fine word, mouses. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, uh, my daughter back in, I don't know what grade, did a, did a project on the English language and the vagaries of the English language. And one of the things she pointed out is if people from Poland are called Poles, which they are, are people from Holland known as Holes? Well, and that's, and no, I don't think so, very but it's confusing. very confusing. You know, if you were trying to learn the English language. Don't get me so with the Holland because Holland, what's with, you got the Dutch you got Holland and you got Netherlands. Right. What, if you're from what Canada, what is the country even called? If you are from Canada, you live in Canada and you're called a Canadian. Yeah. But there, you live in the Netherlands. We call it Holland, and you're Dutch. It's yeah, again it's very, very confusing it's, language. It's all these different things. And if you were coming here and trying to have to learn, the uh, learn English, it's, it's very complicated. And and, and I got to say, the Americans attempted. To simplify the English language. <laughs> they successfully, after about 50 years of struggling with it, they successfully transfixed three words. Color, what were the other? There was a couple others, but they managed Just by to, dropping the U? Yeah. So they made an effort. So they simply take out the word mouse and put in mice. For the bird? Yes. So a, a yellow tufted tit mice yes. is the bird. Yes. There you go. I'm seriously hoping that this word doesn't violate CRTC regulations or else we've got fines what? coming out the yin-yang. Well, tufted? Tufted, that's right. Uh, well, <laughs> are, are they, is CHML bleeping me every time I say yellow tufted titmice? I'm not entirely sure. But Scott's <laughs> just, he, if he had hair right now, he'd be pulling it out. He's, it's he, a legitimate bird. I understand this. Yellow tufted <laughs> But you know what, though? If I, if I was, uh, if, well, I always think of uh. English as being easy because we grew up speaking it. I always thought if I had a really hard language to learn, it would be like Mandarin or yeah. Cantonese or something, which it does, it sounds so complicated or Arabic. But everyone who does English no, says it, English is the English toughest one to learn. English has these rules, accepts, except, you know, your you rules, accept. There's an exception to every rule, yep. And constantly doing this. Why not just simplify it? I mean, if it's going to be an international language for airplanes and ships and people learning English, simplify it. But how could you simplify it now? Because it's an established language. The people who speak it Well, you get correctly. rid of, first of all, the rules. The I before E, except after C. Just make it always It's I random, whatever e. you like. Always I before E, oh, no I more except. I thought it was just choose whatever vowels you like. Put S's at the <laughs> at end the of every S's word. S's at the end. End of 
Uh, you know, ju- just put an S. And there is there, no matter yeah. what. You don't need four spellings of it. Yeah. There. Yeah, and take out every silent letter. No more silent letters. So no more. Ca- it's 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 knife N I F E. No more yeah. knife. That's right. Or when someone when you're giving, what do you call it when you when they would say like uh, C is in Charlie? What what do you call that language? Where like the police the user, phonetic the, alphabet? No, but the police user of the military when they're yeah. giving Alpha Charlie, Bravo, Alpha, Charlie, Bravo. Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf Hotel. Yeah, that's right. P is in pneumonia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just to really confuse people. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I'd l- I would love it. If you could actually do uh, that, have a cop who decided to have a yeah. sense of humor on the uh, out on the scene somewhere and gives yeah. all words with silent letters to the dispatcher K who now has knife. to think this through. K is in knife, P <laughs> is in pneumonia, L is in Lloyd. <laughs> the first L. The first L. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have an interesting language. So I apologize, Bill, for um yeah. for correcting oh, you on cactuses. You, you, it was very terrible of you to do that. And, uh, and I, I, I do hate the, the grammarians. Being that guy. I you hate being, being the grammarians. I was. I was. But, you know, here's the other part, though. I never understood. I had, in grade 9 and grade 10, I had an English teacher, Miss Rorty. And she taught us etymology and grammar and all that stuff. She was that teacher that we had to learn all the grammar. And I got to tell you, I understood none of it. I didn't know. I mean, I got the subject and the verb and the pronoun, and beyond that, it was well, you know what kind of sentences with the past participles and the conjunctions and all. I I didn't get any. Now, probably because I write all the time, but just by osmosis, I still can't tell you what kind of verb it is or anything. But I know it's second nature. I know now. what word is mm-hmm. supposed to go there. I can use yeah. who or whom properly. I don't. I can't tell you why. Yeah. I just do. but Well, you even caught yourself when you said uh, which. which. You caught yourself. Yeah. But because of that, wrong grammar, and this is not this particular case, because you were actually right. But well, wrong I grammar, didn't know I was right. No, I but wrong grammar thought. drives me nuts. Yeah. It's one of those things. It's like, it's like a typo. If I see a typo on a sign, if someone puts a sign up, and especially, you know what's the one that is, gets wrong all the time is whose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Apostrophe S or S-E, and you'll see it on ads well, and stuff. It's... There, there, all yeah. these things—they drive me, and it's one of those, just one of those bugaboos. That and those I have. are really the easier ones if you think about it. Yeah. Those are the easier ones if you, if you've done a little bit of studying. I always Who's is who is. We got to go to break, I but I'll tell you, I got. We were talking last hour about people when it came to road rage and stuff, but about people who send angry letters. I got a note at the Spectator one time about something I wrote. It was a high school story. A person who identified themselves as a high school English teacher mm-hmm. sent me a rant of a ripping tear a strip off my hide note. And there had to be in six to seven paragraphs, 30 grammar or spelling mistakes in this thing. Mm-hmm. And I generally, I always generally try to write back a respectful, you know, I'm, we agree to disagree, blah, blah. I couldn't hold back on this one. Mm-hmm. And I edited this thing and sent it back and said, you're an English teacher? No wonder our kids are becoming illiterate buffoons, well, some of them. And uh, believe me, this was this was not met with a great response. It's but not, it's it not going to get any better no. either with, with, with uh, texting and Twitter and short forms like IDK. Do you know what IDK stands for? I don't know. The short form? <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't, that's right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's not going to um, get any easier, no. and nobody reads. Yeah. No, nobody it's reads. A shame. And if you don't read, will reads. 
Will is waving his arms behind Mike's head and be through the glass going, I read, I read. Yeah, but Diary of a Wimpy Kid doesn't count. <laughs> the Adventures of Asterix and Tintin. Oh, see, now that, we, wow. one of these days, we'll have to Who talk about Who knows about Asterix and Tintin other than me and Scott? I knew about Asterix and Tintin. And you know what else I used to read when I was a kid? There were a couple things. I read, my parents got me, when I was a kid, got me into Greek mythology. I used to read books on Greek mythology, Theseus and Perseus and all this. But the other one was the Hardy Boys. Oh. Loved the, and you know who wrote the Hardy Boys? W, uh, Franklin W. Dixon. And you know who that is? Uh, Franklin W. Dixon was a pen name. It was a nom de plume. Brian McFarlane, who was on Hockey Night in Canada for years and years, Hockey Story, it was his father who was... Oh, really? Yeah, who wrote all the Hardy Boys books. I thought I'd heard that. I hadn't heard that. Okay. And it was back at the time, I believe it was during the Depression or around that time, and his dad, it was... His dad was an educated man, and this was a very lowbrow way of making a few bucks for the family and did not want his name to be attached, as I understand the story, to something as really? lowbrow as the Hardy Boys. I love the Hardy and Boys. They're still being reproduced. Frank and out Joe. There. Frank and Joe, right? Frank and Chet. Ch- no, Chet was the Oh, Chet was the buffoon friend. And what was Chet's last name? Oh, come on, Scott. I don't can't remember. Radley. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Scott Radley Show, weeknights from seven to nine on AM nine hundred CHML. Chelsea Clinton is talking about running for office. Justin Trudeau obviously did run for office. He was elected. He's our prime minister. George W. Bush followed George H.W. Bush. Carolyn Mulroney is now talking about running for office. She wants to uh, run for the conservatives. What is it about kids or siblings or spouses, Hillary Clinton with Bill Clinton? Yeah. A, why do you think so many do it? And B, why do we seem to be so willing to elect these people. Why do people? we think they're going to be great just because their parents exactly. weren't particularly Because we great. seem to be willing to buy it. I mean, of all the people I just mentioned, Chelsea Clinton has not run yet, but I have no doubt that if she were to run for Congress or the Senate in, the, in New York or wherever, she would win. Mm-hmm. No question. The Kennedys, Robert Kennedy oh. ran after John F. Kennedy. All the Bushes. As I say, the Bushes with Jeb and all the... Why do we believe... It's a great... You just phrased it perfectly. Why do we believe that if Dad was a good politician, that everyone who came from him must be a great politician as well. It's an amazing bloodline. I I, I think... Bloodlines are for racehorses. <laughs> and politicians. Apparently. apparently. <laughs> you know, I think people are just bought into the names. They are bought into the Reagans, the Bushes, the Clintons. The, the Kennedys. Hey, you're they gonna want a new Kennedy. Be prepared. You're going to see it. Trump, you're going to see that bloodline continue on, or try to at least. And I think it's it's no different, I think, than a lot of kids who, you, you look at a lot of ball players. their kids get into playing baseball. If their parents were maybe a writer, I'm not saying Caleb or, your, or Victoria will be, but you know they might show an interest in writing at some point. So I think you kind of follow in your parents' footsteps, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But now, the difference, going, though, Mike, sorry to stop you for yeah. one second. The difference, though, is if you're a baseball player, sports, for example, is a meritocracy entirely. You don't get to the major leagues because you've got the name of... If you're, if you're Wayne Gretzky's kid, you don't play in the NHL because your name is Gretzky. You have to earn your way there. But doors are open for you. You have a much better chance than mm, Joe Smith. Maybe. Maybe some team will take you for a while, but eventually you're going to have to be good enough to get there. Of course. In politics, there's no requirement that you be good. You just carry that familiar name that is recognizable in the ballot box. It's a brand. Yes, exactly. It's a brand. And by the way, 
Trump wiped out two huge American families when he got elected, the Bushes and the Clintons. Mm -hmm. yeah. The Bushes were the Republican family. They were going to be like the big... And Jeb was going to be the guy. Jeb. Yep. And the Clintons were going to be like the new Kennedys. Yep. Donald Trump single-handedly wiped out two huge because his hu brand huge is family. his brand is bigger. But you could argue, uh, well, <laughs> he got elected. <laughs> you could but, argue uh, that that shows that people are tired of yeah. the brand and the family and That's the dynasties. But correct. do you really believe that? Because again, I believe if Chelsea Clinton announces she's running, she wins w because she'll run. First of all, she'll run in a protected democratic liberal area that will yeah you know be happy she, with she her might be a senator or something but you know that's about and carolyn mulrooney is going to run in a conservative stronghold where and, and so yeah. you have that advantage for sure you're only going to put yourself in a position where you're going to win until you eventually decide if you're going to try and climb the ladder and you have to expose yourself like hillary clinton did i mean mm -hmm. there was no chance hillary clinton wasn't going to be the senator in new york New yeah, York is correct. so liberal and so democratic that they could have put up Bobo the Clown if he said he was a Democrat and he would win. So it doesn't really matter who it was. But when you expose yourself then, then you have to deal with the real world. But I, I'm, just, I'm just fascinated that we seem, it, maybe it's because we just, the name is familiar. And it's like, okay, I, I haven't even done my research, but I'm going to go vote today. And, oh, there's a name I know. And I think it's also, you know, somewhat generational. And I think it has to do with, uh, with the youth. And, you know, maybe they will do things differently. They'll think out of the box a little differently. Do things how they see fit as opposed to what Ma and Pa did potentially. We, I suppose. But do you, do you believe, though, that, that, I mean, Bill's right, that, that Donald Trump temporarily i think obliterated two dynasties or at least stopped them but do you think that's the end of it i don't i don't believe that's the end i think if you have a familiar political name there will always be a place north of the border south of the border there will be a place for you i think i think it's over for the clintons as being a dynasty and it's over for the bushes being a dynasty now trump will probably get in again wouldn't shock in, me at all. In four I agree years. With that. Yep. So the Clintons and the Bushes are over. I mean, it's like. Well, again, I, I'm not sure that Jeff Chelsea is going to make win. a big comeback. No, no, but there's nobody of the next generation in the Bushes that could run that I know no, of right now. But true. again, Chelsea Clinton has a big enough name that if she were to run somewhere, if she was to go to New York, she, I, I, I truly believe she would win. No problem. Is no there, problem. There, I think a Kennedy has a just Kennedy? as much chance of sure. getting in over. Over Chelsea. Does did did um Mike? Do you know? Did uh, John Kennedy Jr. have children before he died in that plane crash? Oh, I I I'd, I'd have to look. I on don't that think one. he did. I no. don't think he did either. But, but there are plenty of other Kennedys. I mean, there's the there's the descendants of the Bo of Bobby. Yeah, I'm just thinking because if you had a direct grandchild yeah, bloodline yeah, to John F. Children. Kennedy. There's there's a winner right off the bat. You're yeah. the grandchild of JFK. And, and, You're and in. It's 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 the name. It's just so regal. It's so it, Carolyn Kennedy is actually yes. the ambassador in Japan and she's That's right. awesome. And she I, I always thought Carolyn Kennedy should have uh, ran for election. She should have been the president. And you know that who's to say that she may not decide at some point to run? I mean, she's not a completely I mean what's young I don't know she's not she's not a kid no. anymore but, but she's she not an old woman she could run ambassador I, she should have if 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 she'd replaced uh, Hillary as a nominee I bet Carolyn would have do, uh, got it do you see Michelle Obama creating a bit of a legacy and 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 keeping that name going maybe I I could I could if she was interested in doing it for sure 
And especially now in the states, because there is a massive vacuum in the Democratic Party, they w- and they want a star candidate. Every party wants a star candidate. And yes, Michelle Obama would probably be that. She, Michelle Obama would probably be that. I don't. Know I don't she'd want to do it though. I don't know if she'd want to do it right now. And and because honestly, whoever runs against Donald Trump, to your point, Bill, um, whether you think you can win or not, it is a bare knuckles drag him out fight. Well, we saw that with Hillary Clinton bo- on both sides, on both sides, right. digging up for dirt on the other and, side. And if you want to make this into a bit of a, a bit of a laughing stock, you know, you, you've heard things of like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, mm-hmm. potentially thinking about running. Well, Kid and, Rock uh, is running Kid for the Rock. Senate. Kid, Kid Rock Kanye is going to be You know, and, and maybe they're starting to see, hey, you know what, if, if all it takes is a brand name, because these guys all have huge names, huge fo- worldwide, and The Rock, I think, would probably he'd uh, probably do very well for himself. You know, I winning. would laugh at that normally. I would, I would, five years ago, I would have said the idea of Dwayne Johnson of The Rock running for president, which there is a huge old Kanye West. Well, Kanye West yeah, is is nuts the Rock enough is something that different. people look at him and they, uh, Kanye West is not universally thought of well. Yeah, whereas Dwayne The Rock is, is a lot of people just see him as like heroic and muscular and nice smile and se- People Magazine sexiest man alive. And five years ago, I would have said the idea that he might have run for president would be asinine. It would have been ludicrous. You don't think that if he were to run, that there's an awful lot of kids between 18 and 22 or 23 that would show up at the ballot box and vote for him? I'd even go higher. I'd even go into your 40s because 40-year-olds 40 40 were watching him I know, but I'm thinking when they were wrestling. 40-year-olds have houses and mortgages and families and may think a little uh, more about what, who's actually making decisions mm-hmm. as opposed... But, I mean, Donald Trump got elected, so who knows? But it just, it's, a, it's a party thing. It's a party thing, and if but you have to be able to inspire the young kids to get out to the ballot young box. Young kids, no matter who it is, will never go out and vote. It, they'll always be a small fraction of the electorate. Uh, see, I think if you had a star kids. like The Rock, you look. I you can argue that over the last well forever, that it has been a massive struggle to get the African American population in the states to go to the ballot box. Mm-hmm. The number of black voters traditionally has been lower than the general population. But when Barack Obama was running for office, because they had someone that they felt a kinship with, that they could relate to, their numbers were enormous and didn't didn't single-handedly carry him into office, but helped. And so if you have someone that younger voters can look at and feel that kinship to... Well, who's the biggest star in the young generation like Selena Gomez no I I would go with The Rock I think he's the highest paid entertainer in Hollywood right now because he has such a unique genre where he can do the knock him up sock him up Fast and Furious and then he can do a, a a cute little kids movie as yeah, well. Yeah, Saturday Night Live comedy. He, he, and he covers all spectrums and he's loved by the fathers. He's loved by the mothers. My wife, hey, that's her. <laughs> she's a, He's on her list. You know what I'm saying? Well, maybe he <laughs> could be the president. Let's just, let's just pray that... Ronald one, Reagan was an actor from Hollywood. That's true. That's true. Schwarzenegger, you know, he made a name for himself. Yeah. Let's just politics. hope that one day yeah. we don't ever have to refer to Prime Minister Bieber. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Quick break. Back after this. <laughs> You're listening to The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900 CHML. There was a rather horrible story this week. Uh, We're not going to dwell too much on the story itself because I don't want to finish Friday with a horrible story. But essentially, 
it was about three Toronto police officers who had been on trial for their behavior for sexual assault on a woman at a Toronto hotel, and the courts ruled not that they had behaved in any way admirably, mm-hmm. they hadn't, but there was simply just not enough evidence to convict them of sexual assault. It wasn't that they had done nothing, it's that they simply couldn't establish under the rules of the law, which we need in this country, we appreciate in this country, that you have to be proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt that they they couldn't reach that standard. But it raises an interesting question for me because we hear all the time that people who are in certain positions have a higher obligation to better behavior. More is expected. People who are in certain positions are held to a higher standard. Should that still be the case? Or should everybody be held to the same high standard? Because I look, I look at this and I go, wait, they're cops. They should be doing better than this. But then why should a cop be expected to be better than someone who's in public relations or someone who's a nurse or someone who's a doctor or someone? Well, I, it's, it makes all the, I mean, it's commonplace to say this, but why? You've got me, Scott. I don't know. Do you agree, though? Should, should people in certain positions be held to a higher standard? I think so, yeah. Politicians, I, police, by all means. But with that said, we should all also try to be better citizens, better towards the, the everyday common goal of being human, personally. But if you are an officer, if you are a politician, and we've seen incidents here in Hamilton, and I don't want to bring all those up, no, and no, let's every bring city, it all. No, no every not. city. But has, every city, every city and, you know, has their stuff. Oh, what's going on in Brampton, all this. You know, I, I, I do believe, and again, I'm not, you know, what happened in this hotel is doesn't sound right. But we are, we should all be held to higher standards. But I also do believe in some instances, if you're a politician or something, you also do have a, the odd brain cramp. The only problem is if you have that brain cramp, Everyone's jumping on you, and that's where you also have to have a thick skin. And then if you do have that brain cramp, you have to have some good PR skills to get yourself out of it to explain, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and then be able to move on. There is a difference, though, between a brain cramp, which is saying the wrong word or doing something, and a penile cramp where you (laughs) get yourself into a hotel room with a hooker or something. I mean, we know that these things do happen. And I'm looking at, and, and my, my common sense says, yes, people in different positions, in higher positions, higher in quotes, because how we determine that is sort of, however, that, they, that more is expected of them. And, I, and that's the common position we hold. But again, as I'm thinking about this, I'm like, well, why? Yeah, they should be held to a high standard, but everybody should be held to a yeah, high standard. Yeah, but I think it's also a little different in the fact too. you know, the police officers take an oath and when someone is in trouble... You go looking for help from a police officer, for argument's sake. They're not going to come looking for Scott Radley and Cadillac Bill and say, hey, can you help me out in this situation? You are going to that uniform, that uniform, that badge, that represents, yes, you can come to me. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to get the help, the assistance, whatever the situation is that you need to get you out of this. And so that is why they are held to such a high, much higher standard. Is it simply tax dollars? Can we can we reduce it? So you you've you've given one example, which is true. The oath part. The is oath a good part is part. true. But if it's tax dollars, do we expect that if I'm giving my money to pay for you, that you should behave in a certain way? Does tax dollars come into regarding this at all? policing? Regarding anything that anyone who is on the the public mm. purse should behave a certain way. But or taxpayers are g- being given to garbage 
people too. So, uh, so, so should, should garbage man? But a police sanitation officer takes engineers. an oath. Sanitation engineers. A sanitation or garbage <laughs> man, whatever they're called, doesn't take an oath. But if you are working, if you are on the job, we, I mean, remember we had the story a couple of years ago with garbage. Was it not garbage man in Hamilton? With how much time was actually being spent working? Now that's a yeah. different story because that's your direct job. We're spending money for you to do a job, and that's directly. But if a garbage man took time off to go into a hotel room and do whatever he was going to do with someone, do we say, well, he's not really someone high in society, you, therefore yeah. we don't mind? Or but do you're, we say, so you're not holding him accountable, but that you would have to hold his his superiors, his senior no, level of managers. Him. I'm saying yeah, him. Why would we not hold him? People don't look to a garbage person. Sanitation engineer. Sanitation <laughs> engineer, whatever you want to call it. They don't look at them for, for moral compass. Do you look to... I'm not being facetious. Do we look to politicians now for moral compass? We no, like but to we look so. towards police. Police, priests, teachers, maybe. But we don't mm. look for garbage men for moral compass. So where... Maybe we should. No, but Okay, so where... We only have a couple of minutes. And this is an impossible question to ask you cold, but I'm going to throw it out there. When we say then that if you're at a certain stature in society, where does that line start or end then? Where Where oh, is the oh line boy. where you say boy, you are suddenly having higher expectations so more is expected of you? Can we extend the show by, yeah, uh, by 20 what, seven minutes? Days? We, we've got to finish. You know, this is important. That, that's a tough one. Oh, I, I, I think any Because Bill says, Bill gives a number of professions that I, I agree a thousand percent with you. Police officers, teachers, priests, right. the, the clergy in general. Rock, rock star. Well, let me ask you this. Anytime you put yourself out there in the general public... Shouldn't you have to hold yourself to a higher standard? So, Scott, you're a writer for The Spectator, and you're on air here. People look at you differently. People think, oh, my God, I can't believe I just saw Scott Radley doing that. <laughs> doing yeah, oh, my that. gosh, that's I can't believe it. Yeah. No, but uh, so, like, it, it's how far do you want to go with this? That's my point. That's my point. So where does the so line where? begin and end? Because at what point, flipping the, flipping the script a bit, at what point do we get to where we say, well... Not much of ex- is expected of you. So if you want to do that, knock yourself out. We don't care. You're a lower end person in society. Yeah. We don't ever say that. But but don't you owe it to yourself? Yes. That, but to yourself, you do. But you owe it to yourself and to, to be your that better person. And to your kids. Correct. And, and to your, your family namesake, for crying out loud. Yep. But do we put the driver of the garbage truck higher <laughs> than the guy who's actually just tossing the bins and I the would, back. The, well, it's a, uh, yes, that would I be mean, based on union scale. <laughs> because I, I would say I would look towards more the driver of the garbage truck for a moral compass. Well, it's like being the front man of a band the, yeah. as opposed to the bass player. Right, yeah. Look, if you, if and you, or the tambourinist. The recycling people, do they have more uh, authority than the garbage people? No that is very right. interesting. I'd like to see a cage match between the recycling <laughs> folks and the sanitation <laughs> engineer staff. Who do we look for moral compass? The garbage man or whatever the hell you uh, call yeah, them? I, I say. Or I just, the recycling guy? Look, at the end of the day, no one's perfect. We, we are all going to make mistakes. That's we true. We all yes. have skeletons yes. that, in our closet. That's yes, true. But, do. Mike, the, the, and we got to go. But the thing is, you're absolutely right, except at the end of the day, when you say no one's perfect... We write stories or we have on the news police officers who do this kind of stuff. We have it with teachers. We have it with priests. We have it with Some doctors, politicians. Some people should be more perfect than others, though. But why aren't we writing more stories then about the police officers and the politicians who are doing great, amazing things? You hear more about them getting in trouble than them doing amazing, great things. It's a valid point. The, the, one of the answers I would give to you is 
the old thing about it's not a story when a dog bites a man, it's a story when a man bites a dog. If good things are happening, no one writes a story that a plane landed safely. Because it happens all the time. Because it's not going to sell papers. Uh, Because it happens all the time. If you were to simply write every time a police officer did something that was good... There will be no space for anything else. Fair enough. That's that's the real and, and you know I mean and after a while who would, okay so he went and did a call and everyone was happy. Why am I reading this? That's Fair. I mean the reality is we Fair might enough. say we want that, but you do it long enough mm-hmm. and people will go okay. I yeah. great. Tell me when something is interesting. I anyway, don't, I don't disagree with that. Quiz question. Last time for your quiz question. Last time the Grey Cup was held in Hamilton, which was 1996. This acapella group. Now maybe. There's two people out there who don't know what acapella is. They don't use instruments. They just sing. This acapella group did the halftime show. And I am sorry if I insult you by telling you what acapella means, but maybe one or two people didn't know, so I'm not trying to be insulting. 1996, halftime show at the Great Cup at Iverwin Stadium. This acapella group did the halftime show. What group was that? 905-645-3221, star 9900. Back after this. The Scott Radley Show, weeknights from 7 to 9 on AM 900, AM 900, CHML.